Episode 33 of the Shock Jock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jock back here with you. Another week of Knicks news and notes. Getting closer and closer to All-Star Weekend. Uh, I'm going to give my thoughts on not only the events, but the game itself. And I also want to give a couple of cents on my favorite event, which is still, yes, still the dunk contest. But we got to get down to business first. I, I a ton of wild Knicks news uh, to touch on this week. I, I honestly don't even know where to start. I mean, it's been one of those weeks for the Knicks after such a good week. You, know, you get the trade done. The Knicks win four straight, and you know you trade Marcus Morris. You get a first round pick in this upcoming draft, and then you, know, you hire Leon Rose, and you know that's been a little bit of a mixed reaction amongst Nick fans and. And things like that. But, you know, because of the president, you know, because there's been former agents that have done well at the GM spot in the past, it has got some support from not only Knicks fans, but people that know what they're talking about around the league. And I'll touch a little bit more on that later in the show. But 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 as we all know, Knicks fans and the Knicks organization, they can't have nice things, right? They can't have nice things. Unless we're talking money, you know, the Knicks, it comes out this week, the Knicks are worth something like $4.6 billion dollars. Uh, and you know, everything's fine. You know, they're making money. It's fine. Everything is fine. Nothing to worry about. No, it's good. Everything's fine. According to Forbes, the Knicks are worth 4.6 billion highest valued NBA team. According to Forbes, it's fine. Everything is great. Everyone's fine. They're making money. Everything's not fine. Okay. We know this, but th- this, 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 this story about the agent, or not the agent, but, but but this story about this brand ambassador going on to, to ESPN first take. It, it, it's it, it's like it's like you just start every time I think it can't get any worse. Every time I think that that's that the Knicks can't be further embarrassed, this stuff pops up. Is it Steve Stout? Stout? I, I I don't even remember how to pronounce this guy. It shouldn't even matter in my opinion. This guy is, is clearly irrelevant as far as the Knicks are concerned and tried to make himself relevant uh, during this week. I, we'll get to, you know, we'll, we'll dive a little bit into the Knicks' performances this week. Yeah, you know what? Let me let me quickly check off those two boxes real quick. Knicks had won four straight, beating Indiana, Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit. And in the middle of that four-game winning streak, I'm thinking, you know, Mike Miller is, is getting a lot out of this team. It's been impressive. Uh, I, you know, I, every, every time I watch the Knicks win over those last four games at the beginning of the month, I'm thinking, you know, man, you know, getting rid of Fisdale looks even better and better by the day. I have to say Mike Miller is getting a lot out of this team. They're at 17 and 36 people are, you know, all of a sudden you're thinking, man, you know, the Knicks win a couple more here. They're in the playoff hunt again, all of a sudden. But of course uh, they, they lay two eggs on Sunday. They lose in double overtime in Atlanta game. The Knicks should have won. Um, arguably could have won by double digits and Trey Young, Trey Young's his way to a victory game. The Knicks should be winning. No question about that. And then even worse, uh, the Knicks fall flat on Wednesday at home against Washington, 114-96. And on top of that, um, Bobby Portis gets ejected for throwing a basketball at Shabazz Napier. Uh, utterly ridiculous. I, I, I'm losing, I'm just losing my, 
my mind thinking about this stuff. Now, now to be fair, if you if you haven't seen the video, uh, you should take a look at it and judge for yourself. Nowadays, people don't even look; they just see headlines and they react. The 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 video it doesn't look as bad as it's described. You know, it says that he's the ball's thrown at Shabazz Napier. When I hear the ball being thrown, I'm thinking he's cocking back and he just throws a 95 mile per hour fastball up in his grill. It's basically a soft bounce pass that hits Shabazz Napier. Shabazz puts up an extra shot after the whistle. It's going into a timeout. Bobby Portis blocks the shot and basically bounces the ball back to Shabazz Napier. It hits Shabazz Napier barely on the arm, and Bobby Portis gets ejected. It's a very, very soft ejection. But it's an ejection, and it looks bad. It looks bad. Was Bobby Portis frustrated? I'd argue he wasn't frustrated. I think he it was even trying to send a message. You could argue he wasn't even doing that. He blocked a shot that wouldn't have counted anyway and just bounced it back in Shabazz like he would on the playground. Almost like he's like, you know, you know, put up another shot. Go ahead, put up another shot. Almost like he was he was rebounding shots for him in practice. And he gets ejected. I, I can't I can't defend what the referee did there. I can't do it. I can't, it's a soft ejection. It's it's ridiculous. But it looks bad. It looks bad in a week where the Knicks look bad. Again, this season. And it, But you got to watch the video. You're not going to come to the same conclusion as I did unless you watch the video. I've watched it a couple of times. I've had a good look at it. I watched it live. And honestly, didn't think anything of it until they ejected him. That's my honest opinion. I didn't think anything of it until they threw him out of the game. They showed it a couple times on the replay, and I saw it a couple more times before I just came on and started recording. It's a soft, soft, soft ejection. No question about it. I'd argue he shouldn't even have gotten another technical for that. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The fact that the the fact that the refs steeped that quickly to that level i mean come on clearly no ill intent clearly no thought of trying to hurt anybody was he trying to send a message probably not i mean come on what message okay you know all right you know we don't want to put up an extra shot he blocks the shot he sent the message he just gave the ball back to shabazz essentially shabazz just wasn't looking and all of a sudden he's a jet like come on now to be honest you know, if that's a ref and you're throwing it at the ref and the ref doesn't see and he gets hit, I've seen that happen before. And you got to look before you throw the ball. There's been plenty of times where refs have gotten just absolutely smacked on the head because they're not looking, but the player throws it at them anyway and they get ejected. I can see that. You're, you're a professional basketball player. You should know when someone's not ready for a pass, especially the refs, since they don't play the same game you play on a regular basis. But this is a, this is a this is a fellow NBA player, and on top of that, it was a bounce pass essentially to this guy. It's just he just lofts it over to him, and it's a, and it's an ejection. I, what is what is this what does this come to? I mean, it's just ridiculous. But that, I mean, I, I I that's as much as I want to talk about it, and that's that's as much as I want to talk about these two ridiculous losses as well. Julius Randle played well, you know, he's he's he stepped up. Alfred Payton's been fine; he's been good great but this is the real story of the week with the knicks 
It's this Steve Stout, Stute, Stout, who cares? This this guy that goes on to ESPN First Take and, and says some really confusing stuff. First of all, who is this guy? I've seen if you haven't watched the clip, go watch the clip. Who the heck is this guy? Has anybody heard of this guy? I haven't. So he's, he's apparently a marketing consultant. He goes on ESPN on Tuesday and he's saying all this stuff going absolutely off on the Knicks. And even Mike Francesa, who's basically washed up in New York sports media, had something to say about it. And I mean, this guy goes on national television. And he's saying when Mike Miller should be fired. And he's saying what you know moves the Knicks are going to make during the offseason. And how he's, what Drake is to the Raptors, he is to the Knicks. Uh, excuse me? Huh? Where's this coming from? On ESPN, he also said, quote, there has to be a change. Or there had to be a change in firing President Steve Mills. That change will bring a new head coach and new coaches that are going to develop these young players. I'm sorry. Are you Scott Perry? Who put you in charge of Nick's personnel? Who put you in charge of hiring the next head coach? He also added, quote, having a coach like that who has the magnitude and gravitas so that the media would love to talk to him and believe him. I think that's super important. Again, what does that have to do with marketing? What does that have to do with the Knicks brand? Why the heck do the Knicks need a brand consultant? They're worth $5 billion. What value, even in your own field, do you bring to this franchise? And that you have the gall to go on to ESPN and, and, and spew this. How does Dolan not get rid of this guy? Apparently, the Knicks, the Knicks came out with a statement. I'm taking this from, I believe, the New York Post. Let me see if I can find the, the original statement from the Knicks. Actually, it's, actually, I might have to go to another article here. This, this is a statement straight from the Knicks. And it's from NBC Sports. They picked it up. While Steve Stout, if I'm mispronouncing his name, I, you know, go ahead. Have at it is a valued contributor to the Knicks' marketing and branding efforts. He does not speak on behalf of the New York Knicks personnel and basketball operations. Any decisions regarding the operations of the team will be made by the new president of the New York Knicks, which is apparently, uh, I'm not even sure if this is a done deal. It must be, it's got to be close at this point if it's not already a done deal. It's going to be Leon Rose. Who, who, Who thought it was a good idea to bring this guy on ESPN? What person at first take thought that this was a good idea? Who does Steve Stout know? Is this, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna name names, but you can get where I'm going here. Who, who thought this was a good idea? This guy's clearly not credible. Clearly does not know the bounds of where he works. Doesn't understand his job with the Knicks. And then it comes back down to the Knicks. How did this happen? How did you allow this to happen? 
Because as much of an idiot as this guy looks right now, you look like three times the idiot for hiring this guy. This is Stout's statement about his, his TV appearance on ESPN. In my excitement to defend the Knicks on live TV today, I inadvertently insinuated about Knicks personnel. I look forward to working with Knicks management to elevate the great Knicks brand going forward like it needs any help. I added that last part. What is going on? What is going on? The, the Knicks, oh my gosh. I mean, how do, how do you let this happen? And, and you've got this guy going at it with Stephen A. Smith on first take. And it's like, how is this even how is this even happening right now? How are the Knicks letting this happen? How did this guy get on this show? And now he's speaking for the franchise as if he runs the personnel side of the franchise. As if he's the GM or the president. I'm sorry. I thought you were in the marketing department. Which, by the way, again, I'm pretty sure the Nick Brand's in good hands. I think it's going to be all right. I think think they're going to live. This guy should have been fired as soon as he, as soon as this was seen on national television. I mean, it just tells you where the Knicks organization is. That after a couple of statements, yeah, well, you know, we'll keep him on. Well, <laughs> we need him for his marketing expertise. Does it, he does a great job going on the air showing the Knicks incompetence? Great job for the marketing brand there. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, just incredibly ignorant out of this guy and out of the Knicks organization. And on top of that, they don't fire the guy. On top of that, they, they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll keep him. He's fine. Yep. Sweep it, yep, yep. Sweep it under the rug. We're good. W- what else can you say? The Knicks are just as incompetent as the people they hire, clearly. And, and clearly it takes one to know one. Get Steven, Stout, Stute, Stoat, whatever this guy's name is, get him out of here. <laughs> unbelievable this guy unbelievable here's just a couple other things i want to a couple more quick quotes here before i get out of here he has the gall to you know the biggest thing these are four quotes from from his appearance that i i just can't get wrap my head around number one biggest th- quote biggest thing is getting free agents and players to know that this is a place they show up at This is where they should be. I think that narrative has been lost. So players haven't come. A free agent hasn't come. And if we can sort of solve that problem, which I know we will, we have a great chance. We're the most iconic team in the league by far, end quote. I'm sorry, who's the we here? The we ain't you, chief. Quote number two, New York City is the hub of sports and entertainment. That's how I feel. And it started moving around. My job is to bring it back. Toronto Raptors, they brought in Drake, right? They brought in Drake to bring that thing. The New York Knicks brought in me. You're going to bring back? the. You know, you're going to make New York City the pinnacle of sports and entertainment? You're the marketing guy. You're the marketing guy. You're going to make... Whatever you do... 
is contingent and vital, but it all it's it. The only way, the only way your job is going to be any good is if there's good players on that court. Your job depends on that product more than anything else, especially in New York. So you you know you can make the brand look as good as you want. But the Knicks aren't going to start winning and they're not going to be the center of attention in the sports world until they actually win games. Because right now, they're not the center of the sports world and yet they're still the most expensive franchise in the NBA and have one of the most iconic brands in sports, yet still are not the center of sports entertainment. wonder why that is. Because they aren't good on the, on the court. Uh, duh, next. Quote, there had to be a change, right? So there's a change. That change will bring a new coach and new coaches that are going to help develop the younger players, right? And they got some young super, young superstars. You see R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. Why couldn't he have just said that? Why couldn't he have just said that and be done with it? Finally, quote, this is the worst one, I think. This last quote might be the worst of the four quotes that stood out from that interview with, with, with First Take on ESPN. Quote, I'm a part of a team. And I'm going to be part of a team. But I've got a lot of voice. Unquote. You shouldn't. You don't have a voice. You shouldn't have a voice. You're not the president of the Knicks. You. you this is way above your pay grade, man. And to speak for the organization. And for the. I mean, for first take to let this guy on. That's the other part of this. Where have we come to in sports journalism and sports television where, where, where they are letting these guys on and acting like this is a big scoop? How does that happen? How, did, how does First Take look at this and be like, yeah, this guy can talk about the Knicks going forward as a team? And, and this is the problem with sports media now. It's unbelievable. Thinking that this guy is competent enough to talk about this. Clearly, not only is it not his job, but he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Oh my gosh. Now, and again, just to just to reiterate, this looks 10 times worse for the Knicks than it does for First Take or this guy. But those other two points need to be brought up as well. Yeah, the Knicks look like like ignorant saps right now with the way they've handled this. But but this guy's a fraud and shouldn't be hired by any NBA team? And first take, I mean, you couldn't have gotten anybody else? What? You couldn't have brought on Scottie Pippen or one of your other ESPN analysts just to talk about the Knicks? You had to bring on this guy? And if you follow the NBA and saw that clip, you saw it right away. You're just like, what? who the hell is this guy? Who is this guy? This guy doesn't represent us. Clearly, this guy is in it for himself. And that apology, that this apology, this quote-unquote apology put out, as fraudulent as the stuff he said on that show. This guy clearly is just in it for his own brand, marketing-wise. So he's marketing himself. And by the way, also didn't do a good job of that either holy smokes if you bought that where 
reevaluate where you are as a sports fan and someone that consumes news. Holy smokes. Just appalling on all fronts. I, I need a break. <laughs> I need a break here. Luckily, this timed out really well. <laughs> I'm taking a break. Uh, let's get, well, next, next part of the show, we'll get into what the heck's going on with this World Wide West situation. I didn't mention this last show. Uh, I'm going to talk briefly about that, and then we'll dive into what's going to happen going forward. We'll get into what Rich Kleiman said uh, about the Knicks' present situation. We'll get into a little bit more about Leon Rose, uh, and we'll talk about the, the Knicks going forward the rest of the season. And, of course, we'll get into the All-Star Game stuff after a break on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. All right, a little more Knicks talk before we dive into All-Star Weekend. Uh, I, I really want to get into All-Star Weekend. It's my one of my favorite parts on the calendar for the basketball season. Uh, I'm really excited. I, I think I, I always feel like I'm in the minority when it comes to all-star Saturday night and the all-star game. I, I, I really like it. I, I do. I'm, I'm probably one of the few people that watches all the skills challenges. I love the dunk contest. I, you, you, you get arguments all the time, you know, well, you know, what's left to do and, and things like that. I, I want to see what the NBA is going to do. I want to see the, them experiment with it. I want to see the big names. I want to see what they try to do. I'm always interested. And then the game, you know, I can, I can, you know, I, I don't always love the game. I think there's things that they could tweak with the game. I like some of the stuff they're doing this year to honor Kobe. I like the things they're doing um, with some of the other stuff as well. I'll get into that later. I just want to, you know, a little tease for that. But, you know, I'm looking forward to talking about that later on in the show. Let let me, let's finish up with the Knicks. Really weird week here. Uh, Let's start off with, um... With the World Wide West stuff, for those that don't know, and you probably, I, I can't imagine you don't know at least, or haven't at least heard this guy's name in the past, whether it was when uh, he was linked more with LeBron and some of the other stars around the league. But when the Knicks, or not the Knicks, when the reports came out that the Knicks were going to hire Leon Rose from CAA, there was also the the report that William Wesley, World Wide West, as he's become to know over the last... I think 20 years, I think he's been in the league that or involved in the league that long. Uh, apparently was going, you know, a guy that's had, now here's, I'll get to the weird thing with him in a second, as far as his role in the NBA, but you know, apparently he was going to come along. And, and the, and the part of that, the positive part of that is this guy has very big influence on players. He's been a friend and a father figure to a lot of, of big stars in the NBA. And apparently the Knicks were going to give him a spot in the front office. Now, according to Shams of the athletic, Here's the quote. After internal discussions with the New York Knicks occurred about the possibility of World Wide West joining the franchise in a front office role alongside player agent Leon Rose, William Wesley is no longer expected to join the franchise in any formal capacity. Uh, League sources have told The Athletic is believed the Knicks would surely have a position for Wesley should he have interest in a front office role, but that his other business ventures make a formal title unlikely so apparently he's too busy with what he's doing right now to take this job here's the problem uh with him even being linked with the knicks nobody really knows what this guy does after all this time he's been involved in the nba nobody knows what he does nobody knows really who he is they just, everyone just heard of him 
it's always very broad statements. Like, he has a big influence on players. He's a father figure to people around the NBA. But what does he actually do? What is What would he actually bring to the team? Could he actually persuade somebody to come to a team? I don't know. There's no proof of that. Now, Rose has not really, again, like I said earlier, not really been named the Knicks president, but it, every report out there says it's going to be him. Apparently, the big plus for him is that he, ha, you know, has a lot of big, he's had a lot of big time clients, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, Carmelo Anthony, and apparently many others as well. Wesley's been a consultant with Rose, according to multiple reports, and has been involved with a number of businesses over the years, but he's worked in the shadows of the NBA. Now, there's, you know, there's a lot of you know, everyone has said, you know, these businesses have been lucrative, and he's done really well with his relationship with players, and that's why the Knicks were interested, but nobody knows the details. Like, nobody has any idea what this guy actually does. It's all hearsay. It's all, he did this, he did that, but nobody knows the details. And it's like, uh, okay, like how do you get away with that? But he has, the shadows of the NBA is a great way of putting it. He just, you know, he's been in and around the NBA and some from college basketball ranks know his influence on the Kentucky program. A lot of big recruits went to Kentucky because John Calipari had a relationship with World Wide West and World Wide West knew all these kids. And the kids liked it. World Wide West knew John Calipari, that they had a good relationship. He put in a good word. They went to Kentucky. Take that for what for what it is. Take that with a grain of salt. But it's just... And for those that don't know, I mean, college is just as shady at times with this stuff. Especially college basketball. And don't even get me started on college football. So, I mean, this is the kind of stuff you're dealing with here. And the Knicks, I mean, they must not have felt comfortable enough with that. They say, you know, oh, we would have taken him, but he's too busy. Yeah, he's just too busy. Yeah, you know what? I'm not sure he could have added another piece on his plate. You know what? He's He's got a lot going on. Yeah, you know what? We don't, you know what? We don't want to, we don't want to, you know, overwork this guy. You know, this guy's going through a lot right now. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Hey, come on. This is the task that's been mapped out for Leon Rose. He's supposed to change the culture of the Knicks, building an organization and foundation on the court that elite players will want to join. Of course, not an easy task, nor can it be something that's done in 18 months. James Dolan, this is all from NBC Sports, needs to be patient. Knicks fans are smart. They can be patient and hopeful if they see a plan and smart moves to further that direction. But the franchise has been rudderless or not sticking to one plan long enough for so many years that the fans just want and deserve real hope and you know can rose pull off that task he won't be doing it with worldwide west stuff i've been saying for months half of that almost actually all of that but obviously cutting out the trimming the fat of the rose and the worldwide west stuff stuff i've been saying for months and leon rose is supposed to be the guy that goes in and changes all that we'll see but we have no idea what worldwide west was going to bring is he what you know, what what he been that super recruiter in free agency where at the drop of a hat a player hears from west and he, and they and west says hey man i'm just i'm just throwing this out there but i like what the knicks are building you know 
I think you might you might be interested in going to the Knicks if you you know young guys you know little R J Barrett little you know little Mitchell Robinson you know little Alfred Payton get a couple of first round picks you know Leon Rose is there you like Leon Rose right yeah yeah I'm there too I'm Worldwide West it'd be pretty cool right yeah we work together little little mano a mano one on one I I don't know if that would work. <laughs> I have no idea. Is that even what happens with World Wide West? I have no idea. No one knows with this guy. He's just got a cool nickname. He's like a secret agent. You know? He, he's like he's like the James Bond of the NBA. He just goes around and you know, nobody really knows what he does. For sure, if you're on the outside, you don't really know. But if you do know, it's, you know that's a pretty big deal. I don't know. Nobody really knows. It's like it's almost like Leon Rose in a way. I kind of felt like that. You know, he kind of comes out of nowhere and he's going to be this guy. Secret agent Leon Rose is going to fix the Knicks. Is he? I, 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 what's the proof? I have no idea. You know, Bob Myers doing a good job with the Warriors after getting mentored before that. Rob Palenka, it's going pretty well for Rob Palenka, although Magic Johnson would tell you that he was the reason that LeBron came to the Lakers, not Rob Palenka. So, well, you know, what did Rob Palenka really do? You know, AD came after, okay. But how much of that was really Rob Palenka? Nobody really knows. Could that have just been LeBron saying, AD, you better get over here right now? Like, I, I don't know. And then it comes on, you know, all this comes off the back. And now everyone's saying, you know, Leon, you know Kevin, Kevin Durant's agent, Rich Kleiman comes out and Denies reports that he's going to get the Knicks president job. And although he wants it at some point, this guy wants it at some point. He's a, you know, he's a guy down the road that, you know, this is going to be him at some point. It's been a dream of his. And according to Ian Begley of SNY, this is what he had to say. Uh, Kevin Durant's agent and business partner about the current state of the Knicks, about him possibly getting the job as the president. Quote, no accuracy to it. Never heard from them. It's clear, it, it clearly has to do with the fact that two or three years ago, I tweeted I wanted to run the Knicks one day. And of course, I grew up in New York City. It's hard for me to, with all the access that I've gotten, to not still be a kid at times and realize that the Knicks were my life growing up. He basically just goes on to say that if uh, the reporting's true on, on Rose, they did a great job. It's the right uh, guy for the right job. Leon's going to be incredible. And if at some point, you know, works out, he, he'd be, you know, maybe interested. But nobody called him. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> Every time I read this stuff, I just I just get I just get brought down. It's just ridiculous. It's just everybody throwing their bleep out there and seeing what sticks. And 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 to be honest with you, the World Wide West thing, on the surface, because I'm an outsider, like many of you, like all of you really. I mean if you listen to this show and you're an insider, um you don't comment on the post, so. <laughs> but it's just so odd. Because on the surface, it's like, oh, Worldwide West. I've heard of Worldwide West. This guy, you know, he's got some influence, I think, right? Yeah? Right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, he does, right? Yes. Yes, he does. Like, that's where Nick fans are all right now. They're like, yeah, I've heard of that guy. He's done cool things before. Yeah. LeBron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calipar. Oh, yeah. He knows this guy, knows that guy, knows this guy. He knows that guy. What does that even mean nowadays in the NBA? Does it mean anything? What does he actually do? 
What would he actually bring to the Knicks? He's 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 in the shadows and nobody know. I mean, I don't I don't even know. And you know what? You know what? The the straw that broke the camel's back for me this week. Before we get into the All Star stuff, I, I I don't know about my fellow posting and toasting colleagues here. This really this pushed me over the edge today uh, or earlier today. New York Knicks on Twitter put out a poll, and if I really hope some of my other posting and toasting colleagues come and and join me here this is maybe the, the this was the straw that broke the camel's back this week not leon rose not worldwide west not steven you know stout or stute who cares the marketing guy for all i give for all i care not not the knicks dropping too straight not bobby portis you know bounce passing his way out of the wizards game knicks put on twitter what's your favorite clyde phrase in a poll Four choices. This this was their fans' choice night, so fans obviously got to pick. Favorite Clyde saying. Here were the four choices: improvising and mesmerizing, dishing and swishing, posting and toasting. Of course, our our uh, our site's namesake, bounding and astounding. Two big problems here, folks. Two huge problems. Number one, how the bleep is styling and profiling not on this list? Improvising and mesmerizing and bounding and astounding are not better than styling and profiling. And the fact that, I mean, I cannot imagine Clyde saw this poll. I don't even, he's probably not even on social media that much. I can't imagine he sees that poll and he goes, yeah, those are my four favorites. Yeah, th- those are the ones I those are the ones I like the most. He says style and profile every twenty seconds. How is that one not on the list? And here's the here was the one. Th- this one threw me. I I, I oh I wanted to throw the computer uh, on the ground. I, I couldn't believe I when I saw this. Dishing and swishing. Out of over five thousand four hundred votes, got forty eight percent of the vote. Posting and toasting. 25% of the vote. Second place by 23%. Guys, where were you? Where were you guys? I mean, it's a slap in the face to everybody here at the posting and toasting site that you guys wouldn't stand up for us there. I where where was our where was the support? Where was it? Where were you guys? How, how do you let us down there? 25 bleeping percent. Only a fourth of you voted for posting. It Come on. I, I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. And on top of that, when I after I got over that shock, where the hell is styling and profiling? How is that not on the list? How does it not even get in the top four? It probably wins the poll. I would rather lose the styling and profiling than dishing and swishing. Posting and toasting, I mean, surely deserves more than 25%. I know the host of the of our other show, the Posting and Toasting Show, they must be with me on this. And if they're not, we got a problem. This is the company brand we're talking about here. This is the Posting and Toasting brand. Shots being fired here, guys. I mean... Absolutely gutted. 
that you guys went in that direction. I must say, you guys owe us one now. Unbelievable. I, not much else to say about that. I Really, you guys, I mean, disappointment doesn't even begin to describe what I was feeling when I saw that poll earlier today. All right. Enough of that. I got to get into the All-Star Weekend. And listen, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, I've, been, I've been getting your thoughts on the Knicks a lot lately. You know, the current situation uh, with the Knicks front office and, and all of these things that have been going on the last couple of weeks. And I appreciate that. Again, at SJ7 on Twitter, or you can go to the postingandtoasting.com website. Go to my podcast, Shock Jack Knicks Podcast. Go to the latest show. And then you can comment in the section below your thoughts on the current Knicks situation. I want to get your guys' thoughts on All-Star Weekend. Where do you think it is right now? Is it dead? Is the dunk contest dead? Um, What would you change if you could? How do you save it? If you think it's dead, maybe I'm a sucker for it. I enjoy it. I I tend to enjoy it even when it's not very good, uh, to be honest with you. I love it. I think it's great for the NBA. It's going to be a little bittersweet this year just because Kobe is not going to be with us. I'll get to another thing that made that a little sad uh, in a second. Um, But listen, All-Star Weekend is coming up. I'm excited for it. I think you guys should be excited for it as well. Um, Let me quickly go through some of the changes here as well. So for the game itself, the score is going to be reset at the beginning of the second and the third quarters. Um, and then the scores I think are added up. The scores from the third, from the front, so the scores from the first three quarters will be combined at the start of the fourth quarter. And then a target score will then be set at 24 points for Kobe, above the total held by the leading team after three quarters. Whoever reaches that target score first wins. The winning team gets an additional $200,000 for charity. The winning team for each quarter earns $100,000 to donate to the charity of the captain's choice. If you haven't seen already, LeBron and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who are the two captains, have already picked local charities in Chicago, I believe, that uh, they're donating to uh, to get the, the the proceeds from the game. So that's for the All-Star game specifically. Um, the All-Star game, or the All-Star game, those are the major changes. For the skills challenges, it seems like every, I think every event has gone under a couple of changes. So the three-point contest, they've added two new shots from six feet beyond the arc worth an additional three points each while also hitting 10 seconds, also adding 10 seconds to the clock. Uh, The Rising Stars Challenge is, I think, is it year six? I think it's the sixth year of the Rising Stars Challenge. It's the USA against the world. I think that's the same, I think. From the previous year, I think of the of the skills challenges in the games, that's probably the one I watched the least. Um, I maybe, I tr- I tr- maybe get a quarter or two with that, and I normally uh, tune out of that and watch some college basketball or something like that. I, normally, by the time the 9 o'clock games start, I'm, I'm normally into college basketball. But I, I watch a little bit of the Rising Stars game, especially, you know, in years past, there have been a couple of Knicks that have been in the game. Uh, I think it's mostly been KP, to be fair. But you know, whenever a Knicks in the game, or Kevin Knox maybe, uh, I'll try to watch. I think RJ Barrett might be in it this year. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't look too too deep into that. If he is, I'll watch it for a little bit, and then I'll probably go watch college basketball. That's probably my my thing there. But a little bit more on the Rising Stars Challenge. Um, 
USA vs. the World. Uh, as far as, I think that's only a five-year-old format. Um, it's been a high-scoring affair. I know that. Um, and I know that, you know, there's going to be some big names. Brandon Clark, I think, is in there. Zion Williamson, Shea Gildress-Alexander, Trey Young, uh, Luka Doncic, uh, P.J. Washington, Eric Paschal. I don't think Doncic, Doncic might not play. Uh, I, again, I don't know if R.J. Barrett's going to be in. He probably should be in there. If he's not, I won't watch. If he is, I'll watch maybe a half of the game, and I'll probably watch college hoops if it's on the rest of the night. But for All-Star Saturday, All-Star Saturday itself, now we're talking. Three-point contest, mentioned it earlier. Eight competitors. Um, They were talking about Devontae Graham being in there and Zach Levine. Not thrilled about those choices. I got to be honest with you. Um... I don't think that they're good choices. I think they could have found better shooters. Uh, no question about that. Um, so that one, that one's a little odd. I don't know why those guys are included in it, but you know, clearly they have. Uh, they've either run out of competitors, um, <laughs> or they feel like those are the guys uh, maybe that are going to fly under the radar. And are we guys that you should be watching? I, I don't know. So anyway, going a little bit further down as far as the three-point shooting guys. Um, again, there are eight competitors. Again, you look at, well, there's David Burton's, Burton's from the Wizards. Devin Booker, who is an injury replacement for Lillard. That's a heck of a replacement. Devontae Graham, Joe Harris, who I believe won it last year from the Nets, uh, Buddy Heald from the Kings, mentioned Zach Levine uh, from the Bulls, Duncan Robinson, and then this is all the guy does for the Heat is shoot threes. Got, I've had to, I've gotten the chance to see him live a couple of times this year. He's he's a heck of a shooter, kid out of Michigan, um, who's really shined in his first year in the NBA. He'll be shooting, and then of course the one that everybody wants to see from the Hawks is Trey Young. So we'll see if Joe Harris gets trampled to be to be honest with you guys it's a good field it's it's by no means the best field that the three-point shooting contest has had but it's a good field there's a couple i mean i look at for me if you want my picks right off the bat i look at trey young i look at duncan robinson and i look at devin booker those are the three for me i'm gonna take uh devin booker i know at times he has struggled in this event in years past but when he gets in a rhythm He's tough to stop. Duncan Robinson is his first time, so that could go either way. You're either going to do probably really well, ignorance is bliss, or you're not going to do well, the pressure's on, and all the NBA players are watching. So I, I'm kind of le- and and Trey Young's the one everyone wants to see. I I, I could see it. I could see Trey Young easily winning this, but I'm going to go. I'm going to go Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker's going to have something to prove here. I think he'll really go for it. So I'm going to pick Devin Booker to win. The shooting competition, the three-point shooting competition, the, it'll be interesting to see how those new rules uh, come into effect as well. That might actually help Trey Young out a little bit because of his range. So that that actually, now that I, I might be talking myself out of picking <laughs> Devin Booker here. Um, you know what? I'm going to change my pick. It's not that big of a deal. I, I'm not a guy that likes doing that a lot. Because of the new rules, Because if this was last year's three-point shooting contest and it was the same field, I'd go with Devin Booker. You can have that in the comments. I'm changing my pick. I'm going with Trey Young because he can shoot it from anywhere. And with those new 
uh, spots on the floor to shoot for. Yeah, I, I, Trey Young. That that's gonna fit Trey Young's game really well. I'm gonna go Trey Young to win the All Star three point shooting competition. Now we get to the, in my opinion, the two two of my favorite ones, the Skills Challenge, which is extremely underrated. Extremely. This is one of the. I think this is arguably the funnest of the three because so many crazy things can happen with the obstacle course. And things like that. it's a great appetizer for the dunk contest and the three-point shooting. It's it's so good. It's arguably my favorite event. It's a great field. This is a great field for the 2020 Skills Challenge. So Jason Tatum's back in, and he's the defending champ. And then it's the the rest of the field. It's a great mix of big guys and guards, and and a couple wings as well. So the big guys. You look at Bam Adebayo. You look at Demontis Sabonis, and those are probably the, the main big, big guys. Because then you got some wings. You've got, obviously, Tatum. You've got Pascal Siakam. You've got Chris Middleton, who's more of a two-guard. And you have Spencer Dinwiddie and Shea Gilders-Alexander. And then your two pure guards in Derek Rose, who's an injury replacement, actually, now that I look at the bottom here, for uh, Derek Rose is actually being replaced, I guess, injury, according to uh, the set I'm looking at here, by Gilders-Alexander. So I guess I guess Derek Rose is out. And Shea Gildress-Alexander is in. So it's actually going to be Gildress-Alexander as the main guard here. And then Patrick Beverly is kind of that uh, that wild card in this thing as well. I'm going to go, though. Uh, I'm going to go with with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Dinwiddie could easily win this. I, I think he he's a guy that I think this, depending on if they change, sometimes they change the course up a little bit. That can throw guys off. I think Dinwiddie's done this before. So that's something to look out for in this competition. But I, I think that he could easily win this. And Beverly's a guy too. Beverly, you know, no matter what, is going to be have a going to be in with a shot of winning this. If any big guy does win it, I would lean towards Pascal Siakam. But I'll tell you, and I'll say this: Shea Gilders Alexander's got handles. He's got a chance to win this one from Oklahoma City. He's one of the reasons I've been eating my words about OKC uh, from my preseason pick. I thought they'd be awful. They might make the playoffs, so kudos to them. Uh, not because of my pick, just because they've they were uh, no one thought they'd be any good, and they are now in the mix. So, but I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Spencer Dinwiddie, but I I mean this one's wide open. I could see a number of guys uh, winning this, no question about that. Now my favorite event. I mean the event that this year could be kind of reborn a little bit. I'm excited. It's it's on Sunday night. It's worth watching. You know, if you guys don't have anything to do on Sunday night, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, Saturday night, you guys should be watching this event. It's very exciting. I, I I'm I'm very pumped for the dunk contest this year as well. So apparently, there's, so there's going to be two rounds. Each player gets two dunks in the first round. The two highest scores advance to the final round. The remaining players then perform two more dunks, and a winner is determined six to ten scored by the five judges uh so a minimum score of 30 max of 50 i think that's that's been the same over the last couple of years for probably for, for a while now five judges highest you can get obviously is a 10 lowest you can get is a six although i don't think i can i, I think the only time you you see a six is if they completely miss the dunk so it'll be interesting to see and it, and it doesn't sound like it's timed either so you get two dunks if you missed, you're done. You got to go to the next dunk. And if you make it, you get a score. So we'll, you know, we'll see what happens. The four competitors, this is probably the best feel we've had in a while for the dunk contest. It's a great mix. There's the proven guy, 
the the stud from a couple years ago, the freak athlete, and then the unknown, who's also a freak athlete as well. And in that order, you got Dwight Howard from the Lakers, 2008 slam dunk winner. Could have won it a couple other times. I think you could argue we got robbed in a couple of those by Nate Robinson, although Nate Robinson, legend, three-time slam dunk champion. The only thing we've had to cheer about is Nick fans for a while. Uh, great battles going head-to-head. Although the kryptonite dunk that Nate had over Dwight Howard is one of my favorites of all time to kind of knock Dwight off his perch. That was an amazing dunk contest, at least between those two guys. Then you look at... Aaron Gordon from the Magic put on an absolute show with Zach Levine that kind of reignited the dunk contest again. Those two were unbelievable. Uh, I believe Zach Levine won on a free throw line between the legs dunk, which was just off the charts. Aaron Gordon had a couple of really memorable dunks, including uh, jumping over the basketball, putting it under both of his legs, and then dunking it in one motion. That was unbelievable. One of my favorite dunks in dunk contest history. So he's going to be a heck of a... He's going to be tough to beat. He's going to be tough to beat. Derek Jones Jr. from the Miami Heat has been in this dunk contest before. The kid can jump out of the gym. I mean, there's no other way to say it. The kid's hops are incredible. You've seen it at times in the game. He did okay when he was last in the dunk contest. I think, was it a couple of years ago now? I don't even remember. Uh, I forget the last time he was in it. He was okay. He showed off that that vert. He has an incredible vertical, but his creativity was lacking. There weren't a lot of really creative dunks. There were some good dunks, but with his was it with his leaping ability, I thought I was going to see a lot more, and I didn't see it. So I'm excited to see what he's got up his up his sleeve. I really want to see him bring some creativity to his dunks, do something off the charts that I couldn't even think about doing in my wildest dreams. That's what I'm looking for out of him. I'm excited. And then the wild card. The guy that you just don't know what you're going to get, but you know he can just leap out of the gym. And that's Pat Connaughton from the from the Bucks. Two big things to note about Pat Connaughton. In his draft class, he had the best vertical out of anybody. I believe it was 42 or 43 inches. The kid can jump out of the gym. Went at, at Notre Dame, by the way, he had some incredible dunks. Uh, for those for those you know Kentucky fans that will remember his crazy dunk against them in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Butler fans in college basketball remember his crazy dunk where he almost jumped over a player to block a shot in the NCAA tournament that sent the game into overtime. There's a ton of... If, if you have never seen Pat Connaughton jump, you should go and look it up on YouTube right now. The kid is worthy of being in the dunk contest. However, the reason he's a wild card is because he's the only one out of the three that has never been in the dunk contest before, and we don't know how creative he's going to get with his dunks is he just going to say i'm a really big time jumper and just do some normal dunks uh if he does that he's going to lose i can tell you right now but can he bring some creativity can he maybe bring out a couple of props can he jump over something crazy can he give us something we've never seen before that's all up in the air with pat Connaughton. no pun intended this guy could be the sneaky pick to win this, but I, I don't know what kind of creativity he's going to bring. I know what kind of creativity Dwight Howard's going to bring. And I know what kind of creativity Aaron Gordon's going to bring. They have been here before. They've had huge, huge performances in the dunk contest before. So I'm excited to see what they bring. And they're the big favorites to go to the final. But then you look at Derek Jones and Pat Connaughton. They've got the leaping ability. Derek Jones has the edge because he's got the experience. But what are they going to bring as far as creativity? And if they bring some creativity, this could be the best dunk contest we've had 
in a while. Since that Levine Gordon 1v1 a few years ago when he, they just put on a show and it felt like it was never going to end because they both kept getting 50s and it was off the charts. So I'm hoping this is a year where the dunk contest comes back and it's in it's as good as it's ever been. It's got that potential. It's got a lot of hype around it. I'm excited. I'm picking Aaron Gordon to win. I think he's going to have the most fire in his belly because he's lost to Levine and didn't do great the year after that. I think he's been in it a couple times. And the year after that, he was injured, I think, at the time. It didn't have the same leaping ability that we had seen in years past. And they kind of showed in his dunks. He didn't really bring it that next year. Uh, or whenever he was in it the second time, if I remember correctly. So I'm excited to see him come back with some fire. He's never won it before. Could have easily won it once before. I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. Dwight Howard, I I think, gets to the final with him, and then we'll see how they do. I'm going to pick the favorites here. I'm going to pick Aaron Gordon to win it uh, over Dwight Howard in the final. But I'm just telling you right now, look out for Derek Jones Jr., and look out for Pat Connaughton, because if those guys bring it, this could be a crazy good dunk contest, and it's going to be quick, you know, it's going to be quicker than normal, because it's two dunks per round, and that's it for each guy, so I'm excited to kind of see what we get out of those guys, you know, you're going to have, you got two shots, you got two shots in that first round, you better bring your best dunks, or you're out, and that's why I think this could be a really fun dunk contest, because it's a now or never event, now you got to really, you know, if you don't bring, if you miss a dunk, or you don't bring a good dunk, you're out, so, and you know, last year's field wasn't great. I think Alpha Diallo won it. He had a good dunk to win it, but overall the dunk contest wasn't great last year. So I'm hoping 2020 brings, it's got a great field, great potential, and hopefully it lives up to the hype. That's it. That's all I got this week for the Shock Shock Knicks podcast. I, you guys have been great, uh, not only, you know, over the last couple of weeks, but throughout the entire show's existence. Uh, listening to the show, liking the show, you know, commenting on postingandtoasting.com and also the big thing, subscribing on iTunes and viewing it through whether it's been Megaphone where you guys have been hitting us up there or on iTunes as well. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what you think about the All-Star Weekend uh, and let me know what you think about the current Nick situation either, again, at my Twitter account, at SSJ7 or postingandtoasting.com's comment section. If you want to have your voice heard. If you have, uh, if you agree or disagree with anything I said, and I know you guys will, uh, postingandtoasting.com's comment section. Or again, if you really want to hit me up, Twitter is the best place to do it, at SJ7. That's where I'm going to see most of your replies. Uh, that's the place to do it. Again, for those that leave stuff on iTunes and leave stuff on postingandtoasting.com, I see it, but I'm not going to see it right away. Twitter's where I'm going to see it right away. So if you want to hit, hit me up, that's the place to do it. Thanks as always for listening. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting, Clyde's favorite saying, Podcast Network.